0: You're listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockolds and Tom Hiscott.
1: Welcome, listeners, to episode four of this season's Toolstation Station Western League podcast. With me, Ian Knockolds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the author of the bulletin. It is, of course, Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you?
2: Yeah, doing well. Nice and refreshed after a week off of podding, and yeah, back at back at back at school or back at work today. So uh, yeah. Something going on. How about you? How was your holiday?
1: My holiday was outstanding.
2: Excellent. Um, I
1: had a lovely time with the, uh, with the family. We went over to Corfu. Oh, yeah. And uh, plenty of sun. I've managed to get a little bit of um, sunburn, which, of course, is always the, uh,
2: perfect.
1: you know, it's, it's, what, it's what the British do abroad, isn't it, really? Yeah. We're just not used to the sun. Yeah. you um, look nice and
2: healthy when it's, when it's autumn, so that'll be good. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, hopefully my back will have, have prepared <laughs> itself by then. But, no, absolutely, uh, absolutely lovely time. And um I read a very interesting book whilst I was on holiday um, I, within day, I, I don't I don't consider myself to be one of the world's great sort of book readers, so I don't, don't. the listeners don't need to worry that they're going to get a long lecture on um, different authors and all the rest of it. Um, but um, I read a book called um, "A Season with Verona." Okay. Um, which was, uh, which is written by a chap called Tim Parks, uh, and is a is basically, it's what it says on the Tim, uh, on the Tim, on the tin. Uh, he uh, he follows Verona in Syria uh, uh, in the Italian league for a season, and it is uh, it's it's a fascinating book. It's 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 incredibly interesting, not least because um, it also talks an awful lot about sort of what's going on in Italy at the time. Now you might wonder why I'm talking about this on the Western League podcast. Well, um, perhaps actually holiday reading is something that we should touch upon from time to time Um, but um, it was it was a really good book I don't really get you know like many people I don't get the chance to read very much at home so actually it takes a holiday and some time by the pool for me to um, to, for me to do it but um, it's a fascinating insight into sort of fan behavior over in Italy and although we we obviously we're really only concerned with non-league football over here and some fantastic books of course have been written about following non-league sides home and away uh, uh in 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 the english leagues but um, just as a a little colour just as a little aside um it was um it was a fascinating read uh, thoroughly enjoyable and if anybody is going on holiday either now or in the not too distant future then um, i suggest I suggest getting hold of a copy if you can, because I think you might enjoy it. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that, are we, Tom? We are here to talk about the football fixtures of the week concerning um, Saturday, the 31st of August. Of course, we weren't around last week, um, so uh, plenty of fantastic football um, uh, went on then. And unfortunately, we we won't have an opportunity to reflect on that. But we really are going to get our teeth into um, the first qualifying round of the FA Vars. We had an absolute bumper crop. Of, uh, of fixtures on Saturday, Tom. And um, uh, we're going to start right at the top of the alphabet, aren't we? Almondsbury against Buckland Athletic.
2: Yeah, there was tons going on. Um, and, uh, yeah, pretty good game uh, between two of our sides. Obviously, uh, Almondsbury, the first division, uh, taking on the uh, the Premier Division uh, outfit of Buckland. And they put up a good fight. Uh, they did eventually fall to a, a 4-2 defeat, unfortunately, for them. But, uh, yeah, good a good game. Uh, Geraint Williams finding the back of the net for the home side after just four minutes, so giving them a surprise lead. Uh, Buckland uh, then managing to, to to forge ahead a couple of quick goals before Keelan Mastouris uh, levelled the game uh, soon after the interval. So got Elman got to be back on level terms, and that was his 100th uh, first-team appearance uh, on, on Saturday afternoon, so uh, a, a big afternoon for him. Uh, but then Buckland, yeah, they did manage to to pull away in the the, the final... Final half hour, a couple more goals. Uh, it was uh, Louis Jagger Kane scoring, scoring twice for them. Also goals from Lloyd Gardner and Stuart Morgan. So it was eventually Buckland who ran out four-two winners way at Almondsbury. Uh,
1: now I managed to take in a game after I came back from from holiday. Um, I uh, I was at Devizes um, for their match against um, Stockbridge and. Uh, very pleased to see that my hometown club managed to record their first their first win of the season. It was um, it was quite entertaining in the first half, but it was it turned into one for the purest in the second half. So I think the visors will be be pleased not only for that first win, but also to make it through to the next round of the competition. Uh, but um, um, an all Western League tie uh, for our next feature match, Tom. And this one went to extra time. It was Odd Down against Portishead.
2: Yeah, pretty pretty tight affair. This one uh, between Odd Down and Portishead. Uh, Portsmouth head, obviously, of the uh, of the first division, uh, going up against Down. Who made a really good start in the in the Premier, and it was the away side uh, who claimed the claimed the two-one win. Uh, Jack Sell, very much uh, starring for Portsmouth, head uh, managed to to grab a late equaliser during normal time uh, to send the game to the extra period, uh, and then it was he again who uh, yeah scored in the extra half hour, and it was Portsmouth head who prevailed and uh, moved on to the next round. A two-one win after extra time at, uh, at down.
1: And now. Um, Shepton Mallet, um, they took on fellow Premier um, division side Wellington and it was an emphatic win for the home side.
2: It was. Uh, early season has been really, really promising for Shepton Mallet and this is another sign of, uh, yeah, good, a really good start. A 4-0 win at the expense of Wellington. Uh, Jack Fillingham looking like an absolutely uh, brilliant piece of piece of business for them. He scored twice, uh, in either, well, scored one goal in either half, so uh, another brace for him. Uh, and there was also goals for Joe Morgan, Tyler Davis. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty comfortable afternoon for Shepton Mallet. And, uh, yeah, they progress uh, 4-0 win.
1: Jack, filling them your boots.
2: It definitely uh, is at the moment.
1: <laughs> that's your that's your tabloid headline. There we go. Uh, if that does get used by any newspapers in the Shepton Mallet area, I hope I get a credit. Anyway, um, moving on <laughs> to um, a team that's that's really doing very, very well in the Premier Division. Bradford Town. They were away to Solent University and, um, well, their good form continues, Tom.
2: Yeah, uh, thumping win this one. Uh, 7-2 uh, over, down down in Southampton. And, uh, yeah, Gary Higdon, another, another uh, off-season um, signing uh, and uh, a hat-trick for him. Uh, so a big afternoon for Bradford and a big afternoon for him. Uh, there was also goals from Matty Morris, uh, Tyson Pollard, Charlie Madison and then pretty late on uh, substitute Lewis Powell added a the seventh. So yeah, fantastic, uh, fantastic away win for Bradford and they move on to the next round.
1: Gary Higdon. I think we've had mm. him on the podcast actually back that, in his, back in his right, days yeah. at uh, Melksham when he became their all time leading goal scorer. But um, well. yes, I mean, Gary Higdon, they're proving that the grass is perhaps sometimes at least as green on the other side mm-hmm. of the fence. It is, um, uh, got a lot of time for Gary. Very nice chap to talk to. But um, seeing him pulling up trees for, for Bradford is, as a you know, as a as somebody who's got Melksham close to his heart, it's sort of it's a bit like it's a bit like watching your wife run off with him, Richard. richer better looking man. Anyway, we won't go. We won't. We won't go down that street.
2: Let's um, not. <laughs>
1: we'll go up a different street, and it's street. And they were taking on Crediton. And uh, again, their return to the uh, Western League, which I think a few people were a little bit worried about how they do this season, Tom. But, um, well, they didn't need to worry, did they?
2: No, not, not at all. Uh, another win for them. Uh, a 3-0 victory at home to Crediton. And uh, two goals from Cameron Andrews. He's had a good start, the captain. Uh, yeah, he scored twice. There's also a goal from Ollie Hebbard. Uh, so, help them see off uh, Crediton. So, yeah, 3-0 win for the
1: and finally, our FA Vars roundup is completed by uh, Wells City. They were at home to Millbrook. And, uh, well, this one went to extra time, Tom.
2: Did. Uh, a really dramatic game uh, down in Wales. Uh, Harry Foster uh, ended up being uh, the star of the show for them. He got a hat-trick. Uh, but, yeah, they the, the home side uh, fell behind in the first half twice uh, but managed to, managed to respond on each occasion. Uh, Foster and then Ross Padfield uh, managed to get equalisers. Uh, to make it to all and uh, yeah that was how it stayed for quite a lot of the afternoon we get to the the second half of extra time before the next goal uh, comes so uh, yeah uh, a long long goalless period uh, but then foster managed to to score a second of the game in the 112th minute to put wells ahead uh, millbrook <laughs> then uh, responding very very quickly a couple of minutes later they managed to equalize to get it back to three all uh, but Wells, uh, yeah, completing the, uh, the the frantic end to this match, uh, scored twice more. Uh, Padfield smashing home his second to make it 4-3, uh, and then Foster with the final kick of the game. Uh, he completed his hat trick, and yeah, quite a quite an, an exciting afternoon down at Wells, and uh, yeah, they move on to the next round, a 5-3 win after each time against Millbrook.
1: And Millbrook, no mugs. No. Um, that was, a, that was a, a result that really stood out for me, so I thought it was a great opportunity to get back on the phone to Nathan Truckle, the manager of uh, Wells City. An extra-time win against uh, Millbrook. Eight goals in the game. So I started off by asking Nathan whether that match was as exciting as the scoreline suggested.
3: Yeah, it was, yeah. still haven't quite gone over it now, to be honest. I haven't stopped smiling since the final whistle on Saturday. Um, and obviously went out and had a team celebration after as well. Um, but, yeah, no, it was a, a very, very good game. We've had uh, quite a lot of um, sort of the spectators and other people sort of text messaging, phone call, bumping into people in the street um, just saying what a game it was. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was certainly... Uh, uh, good advert for uh, sort of non-league football and, uh, and yeah, hopefully it puts us in the window a little bit more for, for what we've done. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, like you say, the first half obviously had, had a, it was a two-all draw uh, the first half, half-time, and then the second half didn't really produce too much. And then it was waiting until the last eight minutes of uh, the extra time for the game to bang back into life again. And then we had a, a quick fire, sort of a, Few goals in that as well. So, uh, edge of the seat stuff. But it's just, you know, just glad that we were the ones who came out on top in the end.
1: I mean, were you worried in extra time when the game went to extra time? Did you think you'd blown it then?
3: No, to be honest, because first half. We didn't really do ourselves any justice. We didn't play that well. I think we're fortunate to go in at all at the break. I think uh, Milbrook did have the better of the first half. Uh, then we did grow into the game in the second half. I think it was a fairly even second half. We probably edged it, um, and then into extra time. Again, I would say we probably just edged it in the first half, and then obviously we went three-two up with about seven minutes left to play, um, and then they scored an absolute screamer with about three minutes left. And I thought, right, we started to talk about penalties as you do, saying who we're going to have taking them, um, and then yeah, with that, sort of, uh, we scored another two goals to to take it five-three. But there was never any worry there; it was just more frustration at letting it slip that late on obviously thinking we're going to penalties but then the character shown by the boys to then go and get another two goals you know that meant sort of respect to them for doing
1: that now um, Millbrook are currently top of the Southwest Peninsula League's Eastern Conference so how much did you know about them before the game <sighs>
3: So, to be honest, this is where social media has actually played a big part in what we've uh, we've done. We've uh, just sort of gone through the uh, the Twitter and everything like that, and we've just been looking at all their results as soon as we knew we were playing. them, we've gone through all their results and kept an eye on them. Um, so we sort of knew a few of uh, a few players that have been highlighted for goals or assists or anything like that. Um, and yeah, just pretty much just looked on Twitter, seen a couple of videos. Um, other than that, and it was. Uh, So i will just go out there and give it all we've got, and then just you know see how we get on. And to be fair. I said they did have the better of the first half, and we started uh, with a three-five-two formation, which didn't work. Um, and they went four-three-three, and they had the better of us. So we actually changed our formation out for about 35 minutes and, and matched them up, um, and then we got a better foothold of the game. And we always thought that could be the case because you know it you, is going into the unknown. You just you don't really know too much about another team. But yeah, no, we uh, what we did, know we tried to you know give that information to our players, and we felt we we did enough in the end. And like I said, merited. Uh, that do
1: it. Now, next up, it's Newton Abbot Spurs, the conquerors of Welton Rovers in the last round. Um, but you've got them at home, so you, you must feel confident you can progress further in this competition.
3: Yeah, I think you know with what we're trying to build and you know the players we've got and everything, we we go into. Every game, you, you want to be confident going into every game. Um, obviously, a, a, a victory like that, and the way that we've done it on Saturday, um, you know, that does give you a nice little boost. All the players, you know, bouncing off each other after the game, um, and we have got a good group of boys in there now. Um, again, it's, it's an unknown team. <laughs> Even other Spurs, we don't really know a lot about them. Um, to beat Welton four-nil, they've got to be, you know, quite good, pretty handy, really. So again, we'll just go into it, and I think if we can put, you know, our stamp on it and play the way we want to play, like you said, at home, take advantage of that, you know, being at home, then. Yeah, you, you could go on again, but you can't take it for granted at the same time. You know, you, you don't know what we're going to come up against. I think any team in and around this standard of football, you know, they're always going to be up for it. And anyone would fancy their chances. So it's, uh, it's one of them. I think we'll have to wait and see. And uh, if we turn up, then I'm hopeful we'll be able to progress.
1: So if, if things are looking good for you in the Vars at the moment, they're looking very good in the league. Three wins out of four. Are you surprised about how well you've started this season?
3: I wouldn't say surprised. I don't want to sound you know, like getting with it or anything, but we have myself and CJ, the other manager. We've um, we sort of were sort of slightly disappointed with uh, how we finished last season. We ended up sort of bang the table in tenth, um, and we were a little bit disappointed with that. So we sort of uh, came up with a, a game plan and sort of like, well, we wanted to take it this year. Um, and as always, you want to improve on what you've done the season before. So we said anything, you know, above that or top eight was what our objectives are. But we've gone out and sort of got a good group of players in. I think we signed nine players for the first team, um, and all I think eight of those nine have come from higher leagues. So you know, our ambition sort of was there for everyone to see that we do want to be at the top end of the table and challenging so uh, obviously to win what we have already and you think it's a good foundation um, but when we play National well, at home we didn't do ourselves justice. We were second second best on the day and deservedly lost. So it just shows that we don't turn up in that you know in the Division One of the Western League. You, you can lose. You've got to be on your game every game. Um, but no, not not surprised by what we've done. Um, I do think that with the players we have brought in and obviously building on from what we had last year, then you know we. I said it last year. We we want to sort of be around that top six and appear uh, at the right end of the table.
1: Well, you mentioned there that you brought in nine new players in the pre-season. Are there any names that the fans should particularly be keeping an eye out for?
3: Obviously, around Wales and surrounding areas, everyone sort of knows everyone around here. Um, So the players that we have brought in, You've sort of got um, Craig Herrod, Ben Amgar, uh, Harry Foster from Street, they've come in. Um, Ross Padfield, an old Wells player from Shepton Mallet, he's come back and he's now been given the captaincy. Tom Hill from Shepton, he's come in. Um, Harvey Hadrill from Chilcompton. Just keep going, are they? They're sort of quite well-known names around the local circuit anyway, Uh, and that is what we want to do. You know, we wanted to just build on that local base that we've got, and we feel we've got a great opportunity to be successful with local lads, and obviously, hopefully with that, that'll encourage more people to come back and start watching us um, and try and get the game numbers up and just build a good family atmosphere at the club.
1: Now, you've mentioned that you're hoping for a top six finish this season. Which teams do you think in the First Division will be fighting it out with you up at the top end of the table?
3: I think, it, I think it's going to be tighter this year with, uh, with a, sort of a top six or seven teams. Um, obviously, we've already played sort of your Oldland, Sherborne, Radstock and uh, Ashton and Backwell. And all four teams have improved from last year. Um, as you can see by the table, I know it's early days, but Oldland's obviously haven't lost since us. Sure, haven't lost since us. Um, Radstock, I know, you know, they're ambitious this season and want to be at the top end of the table. Um, and they've got a very, very good setup there. But for me, it would be, I think, Cheddar are always going to be there and thereabouts. Obviously, from last year, they were unlucky not to go up. So I think they're going to be wanting to try and win it this year. Ashton, the backwell I think, is going to be right up there. Um, so obviously, we would like to be up and around that. And I do think, I think you've got Sherborne, We're a very good team. Oldland, were a good team. And, and Radstock, really. Um, and then, obviously, you've got your Carnes. Of course were, were put as their only sort of front runners, but they they probably did a little bit disappointed at what they've done so far, but they're always a threat as well. So for me, you've got a good sort of seven or eight teams there that can, can all, you know, beat anyone on a on a given
1: day. Now you've got Warminster up next, um, then it's Newton Abbott in the Vars, Um and that pushes your league game against Cheddar back. Um Warminster and Cheddar of course two very good sides. You just mentioned you thought Cheddar would do well. Um are you happy that you don't have those two games back to back?
3: To be honest, it's... Yeah. Every game, because I, I have had a look at sort of our fixes and everything, and I think every game is, is going to be a tough game. So, you know, whether we had Ted uh, on the Friday night or, you know, midweek, whenever it was after these games, I think you're always going to have a tough run. Because I think, obviously, going from Warminster to Newton Abbott, it's going to be hard game after hard game. And, you know, we've got, like, Khan coming up, which is Lydgard coming up. Obviously, Warminster are a very good team. I didn't even mention them a minute there, They're, they're going to be there and they've got great setup there and a good manager in. Um, so for me, you know, just you've got to play every game as and when it comes. And as I said earlier, you just need to make sure that we can keep the boys, you know, on top four, going into every game. You've got to be on every game, 95 minutes, and make sure we're applying ourselves the right way. And hopefully, then, you know, come the end of the season, you're going to be there or thereabouts, really.
1: And my thanks to Nathan for his time. So congratulations to all of our sides that have progressed into the next round, the second round. Uh, of qualifying in this season's FA Vars, uh, early stages it might be in that competition, but um, certainly for those clubs that uh, were successful in the first round, it's proved to be financially, hopefully, um, quite beneficial. The winning clubs at that stage of the competition get £550, and if clubs can uh, progress into the first round proper, uh, then uh, the, uh, the 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 prize money for winning in the second round of qualifying is £725. So um, uh, a nice little um, bonus there for the sides in the Western League that are doing well in that competition. The uh, the second qualifying round comes thick and fast. It will actually uh, be upon us on September the 14th. So that's only a couple of weeks away. And the full draw for the, uh, for the second qualifying round of the VARS is on the uh, Western League website. You can see that in the fixtures page. And uh, you go to uh, the 14th of September for that. And, of course... There'll be information from all of our respective clubs. Congratulations again for all those teams that did make it through. And of course, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be we'll be keeping up um, with our side's progress in that competition.
0: If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, Dewalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah. They do. Over 15,000 trade-quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. To with over 300 branches, there's always a tool station near you.
1: Now, we did have one match in the Premier Division. Uh, it was the small matter of Bridgewater Town taking on Plymouth Parkway. The immovable force meets the unstoppable object. Uh, and, um, well, this was a result in front of a huge crowd, Tom, that has really thrown the uh, the, the Premier Division all the cards back up in the air.
2: Yeah, I mean, it maybe um, went under the radar a little bit on Saturday, obviously, with all that uh, VAR's action. But there was the, yeah, the one Premier Division tie, and it was Bridgewater um, who managed to beat Plymouth Partway 2-0 at uh, Fairfax Park. Obviously, Parkway having made a, uh, yeah, a stunning start to the season before then. Uh, but yeah, came unstuck. A couple of goals just for half time, so it was um, yeah, all the, all the action came came at once. Uh, Bridgewater striking in uh, yeah, the 43rd minute they went ahead. Jack Taylor, obviously one of the leading scorers last season, he put them ahead. Uh, but and uh, then uh, just after that, so in first half stoppage time, uh, Bridgewater awarded the penalty, and Jake Llewellyn, um, yeah, he doesn't seem to miss penalties. I don't think he got. Yeah, at least five or six last year, I remember. And uh, yeah, he fired home another one, doubling their advantage on the, the cusp of half time. And uh, yeah, that was how it stayed. They managed to, to keep Parkway at bay and uh, Bridgewater came away with the three points.
1: Carl Bagley is a, is a manager that, of course, many regular listeners to the podcast will remember hearing from over the last few seasons. And that fantastic victory against Plymouth Parkway, again, another eye-catching result from the weekend. So I contacted Carl and started our conversation by con- congratulating him on that, on that excellent victory.
0: Yeah, really delighted. It was the first time so far this season where everything's kind of clicked, gelled, and, like I say, great team performance from the first minute to the 95th minute really so now me and Dave are really pleased.
1: I mean was it a case of uh, a perfectly executed plan did you go into the game thinking that you could take all three points from Parkway?
0: Yeah we there's a strong belief in our squad showing you know, mean, that we can obviously go better than what we did last year and to prove that we need to be competing against the teams of your parkways and your bittens, if you know what I mean. And like you say, Saturday was just one of those games where there was no game plan. As such, it was just go out there, be better than the team you're playing against. And fortunately for us, it all come good.
1: If we take that result against Parkway into account, you've had a relatively slow start um, to your to your campaign this season. Has, has that been? Has, have the first two results of, of this season been frustrating for you?
0: Yes, I know, really. If you know what I mean. We played quite well at Briz, but every team that knows when you go down, at least a goal down against Briz, if you know, when you're know, playing straight into their strengths, and to be fair, we probably still would have been there now <laughs> and not scored. The Cribs game, Cribs are always one of those teams that on their day can compete and beat anybody, probably one of the better footballing teams in the league, and obviously we kind of luckily scored a 95th minute equaliser, I think it was, but that's... We, me and Dave said to the players after the game, that's going to kick-start our season. And ever since the Cribs game, really, like you say, we beat chippen Sodbury, beat Briz in the FA Cup, beat Parkway, and we go to Man Farm. Well, Man Farm come to us on Saturday and for of confidence, really.
1: I mean, you, you couldn't get two more contrasting results, could you, than the Brislington matches? I mean, you played them in August in the same month. Um, they beat you on the opening day, and then you put seven past them at your place.
0: Yeah, I, I think it was one of those. We had a bit of a point to prove, if you know what I mean. Like, credit where credit's due, they they deserved the win in the league game. And obviously, kind of celebrated as any team do, if you know what I mean. And kind of that stuck a little bit in our players' head, if you know what I mean. Yeah, We are obviously disappointed that we lost the game and then listening to their celebrations kind of spurred us on a little bit, really. So...
1: Um, Bitten and Parkway are already topping the table at this early stage of the season. D- do you expect those two sides to still be there um, come the final knockings?
0: I think this year it could be any anyone out of six teams. I think I think Bradford, I think people kind of underestimate Bradford. I think they've strengthened quite well in the summer. You've got Tavistock that no one really know anything about, but obviously won the Peninsula last year. Exmouth, we know from we played them in the VARs. Last year, we know how strong they are. And then you've got, like, his bittens and Parkway. So I I wouldn't like to put any money on who would win the league this year. I I think it's potentially out of six, seven teams.
1: Well, we've talked about um, the size of your club um, in our previous interviews and the potential that exists for Bridgewater to be playing at a higher level. Is promotion your aspiration this season?
0: It always has been, if you know. I mean, me and Dave, when we took over, we always said that Within three years, we'd like to be competing for Southern League football. Last year, we had a really good season, and it was just a case of just building on from that. That's all we've wanted, really, as as a club, as a management team, is just to improve on the previous season. I think we finished seventh for the first season, but got attendances up for the club, finished fourth last season, attendances up again. And obviously, this year, we're just going to try and Better than what we were last year, and again, the club become a bit bigger than what it is.
1: So, you and Dave, you've had your feet under the table for a while now. Another pre-season under your belt. Were you happy with the way that that pre-season went going into this campaign? We
0: we competed against some very good sides. If you were to look at results wise over pre-season, they weren't they weren't the best. But that was that is purely down to the fact that we did have numbers. We were kind of trying to find a formation that we wanted to play, trying to fit personnel into different positions, if you know what I mean, to see adapt to how everyone was. So this is probably the 1st preseason where we've had really, really good numbers and we can trial different formations, different players elsewhere, if you know what I mean. So it was, it was pleasing this preseason. Results weren't, but every game or every team that we played were a league or two leagues above us. And we competed, which was what we wanted, if you know what I mean. We didn't get overrun by anyone.
1: Now, what about your business in the transfer market? Are there any new faces you've brought into the team that you think that the fans will um, really take to this season?
0: (laughs) I don't want to big him up, but you'd like to look at the street lads that have come in. They've come in, fitted quite well. Like I say, you've got Steve Murray up top. Every fan's going to like him because he does score goals. You've got Dave O'Hare, center midfielder again. Another player that will score goals. And then you've got Ross McLean that just adds a little bit more experience at the back. Jamie Led, very, very experienced. It was a bit of a surprise that we've kind of signed him, if you know what I mean. But, but no, it's pleasing that everyone now wants to come and sign for me and Dave and Bridgewater, if you know what I mean. Because obviously everyone can see a bit, like you said, the size of the club and what is going on at the club.
1: You're certainly one of the teams that were being talked about um, at the beginning of the uh, of the season. I mean, does, do you think that there is perhaps a growing weight of expectation on you this season?
0: Oh, I think I think there always is. If you know, I mean, just because of like we said, the size of the club, that's always going to bring expectations, and then people see the sign-ins that we've made, which will then also all of a sudden bring extra expectations. But now, me and Dave know exactly what we want. We've told the players exactly what we want, and we're not going to go out and broadcast anything, if you know what I mean. But like I say, we've got targets, the players know the targets and we just go from there. If we can beat the targets, then come May, then we'll all be very, very happy.
1: Before we get to May, you've got the small matter of a home tie against Bristol Manor Farm in the FA Cup coming up this weekend. We've already talked about your aspirations to be playing at a higher level. If you were playing at a higher level, you'd be taking on sides like Manor Farm every week. You've obviously had that fantastic result against Parkway, so you must be feeling pretty optimistic going into this match.
0: Like I said, I think there's a newfound confidence in us over the last couple of weeks. Obviously we trained really well and Saturdays, everyone classes Saturday as a free hit, if you know what I mean, but this this is one for the club, if you know what I mean. We've, we've obviously made a little bit of money in the FA Cup, which is always an extra boost to any club, if you know what I mean. And, and this one is a winnable fixture. I'm not Disrespecting Manor Farm or anything. Obviously, we know Lee really well. We know most of their players through obviously playing against them during the course of the years. So we're not going to underestimate them. But like I say, I think there's there's got to be a little fear coming from Manor Farm as well, coming to us thinking, "Yeah, this is a big, big banana skin for them."
1: Right then. So after that match against um, Manor Farm, then you've got uh, three games um, away from home in the uh, in the in the. Western League, um, starting with Hallen. Obviously, that win against Parkway was, was an eye-catching result, but I suppose in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really um, count for anything if you can't back it up um, but, you know, away as well as with your results at home.
0: Exactly. I, think, I do think, though, last year, I think we were better away from home last year than what we were at home. It just seems to be, it's, it's quite nice when you go away, but then, to be fair, our, like I've said to you before, our away support. A number of clubs outweigh the home support, if you know what I mean, so credit to the fans that do come and support us elsewhere, but like I say, we just take each game as it comes. In my opinion, this is probably the strongest the Western League has been in a good few seasons. If you know, I don't think there's one or two teams that are going to run away with it, like I said to you before, I think there's maybe seven, even eight teams, like we played Hallen and the FA Cup this year and the game could have ended up like 7-6. So let's hope when we play next week that it's not that open.
1: And my thanks to Carl for his time. Now, we also had one match in the First Division, didn't we, Tom? Oldland Abertonians were taking on um, Corsham Town. I've, got, I've, got, um, I've, I've, I've stopped talking up Corsham now because I don't think it's doing them any good. But even, even me stopping talking them up doesn't seem to really be helping them at the moment.
2: No, I mean, it was a tough, tough afternoon for them. They only went down to a 1-0 defeat. And Oldland have actually made a really good start. I know it's early to look at the, the league tables and what have you, but they are up in second at the moment. Uh, three wins uh, and one draw from their five games so far. Uh, so, yeah, good start for Oldland. And that continued on, on Saturday, just the 1-0. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, they were down to 10 men as well, uh, uh, Oldland. So uh, a, a good result for them. Owen McCallum, Uh Shown a couple of yellow cards, but then in the closing stages, Frank Taylor Fox managed uh, to guide the ball into the back of the net, and uh, yes, yeah, scored the late match winner, and it was Oldham one, Caution nil.
1: So that concludes our look back at the fixtures over the uh, the weekend uh, of Saturday, the 31st. We did have one game in the Vars on um, Sunday, the 1st of September. Unfortunately, uh, Chipping, Sudbury, uh, they uh, they, uh, they they went out after extra time against Wokingham and Enbrook. Um But we will move ahead. We will look ahead to the up-and-coming fixtures. Now, of course... Um, Uh, The game between Milksham Town and Shepton, which is scheduled to take place on Monday, the 2nd of September, will have happened uh, Mm. by the time uh, you listen to this, as probably will the game between Exmouth uh, and Yates. But uh, I think that there is a fair to middling chance that um, our member clubs might do quite well in both of those games. Uh, FA Cup extra preliminary round replays. They'll certainly be competitive, I'm sure. So we'll keep our fingers crossed uh, for them. Uh, But we have more FA Cup first round, first qualifying round action on Saturday the 7th, don't we, Tom?
2: Yeah, we do. Uh, Three big matches. Um, Obviously, hoping that Shepton and Exmouth uh, may be able to join them on Saturday afternoon and and play ties themselves. But yeah, uh, the three that we we know, first qualifying round, uh, we've got Bridgewater Town hosting Bristol Manor Farm. Uh, we've got Plymouth Parkway taking on Town And then we've got Bradford Town. Uh, they're back in action. Uh, they travel to take on Scholling uh, on Saturday afternoon. So, uh, yeah, good luck to all three of our sides uh, in the FA Cup.
1: Yep, I think we've we've still got a really good chance of seeing sides progress in that competition. Although I think Bradford Town are probably going to have a harder um, time on this particular trip to Southampton than they did on mm. their last one. But anyway, I, I shall be certainly keeping everything crossed for them and hoping that Gary Higdon... Um, can, um, um, can turn up trumps again um, for the Bobcats. Uh, right then, it's that time of the week when we pick out our games to watch. So, what's caught your eye on the, in the Premier Division, Tom?
2: Well, I've gone for a clash between Shepton and Exmouth. Obviously, both of them are in, as just mentioned, FA Cup uh, replay action on Monday and Tuesday. So, this match may not take place on Saturday afternoon, but if it does, it would be a, a, heck, of a, a heck of a heck of a, an early season. A clash of both of them. Shepton Mallet seven points from three games. Exmouth six from three, uh, and two teams that yeah we're, we're we're looking to learn lots more from. So if they do meet on Saturday afternoon, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that one turns out. But hopefully, I'd say fingers crossed they're in cup action.
1: Well, I've gone for all the bees. Um, bitten against Buckland Athletic, bitten at home, really uh, uh, will be will be favourites for this game, I'm sure. I mean, Buckland haven't had the best of starts this season. However, we know that they are capable of great things, and of course, a victory away at Bitten would really help put their season well and truly back on track. As indeed, of course, that victory for Bridgewater over Parkway has um, seen them overcome some. Some disappointing results at the beginning of their campaign at the start of of August. So um, everything to play for in this game, and I'm sure it will be highly competitive. Uh, If we look down into the first division then, Tom, what game are you going for there?
2: Gone for Cheddar versus uh, Sherbourne. So Cheddar, obviously, uh, perfect start so far. I think three wins from three in the league. Uh, Sherbourne, uh, just behind them, they've also got nine points, I think, from four games. Uh, but they finished last season pretty well. I think didn't have a, a great finishing position, but I think the the back end of the season, last couple of months, they, they showed signs of life, and uh, yeah, they seem to have brought that into to this season. So obviously, probably no sterner test at the moment in the first division as a as a trip to take on Cheddar. So it'll be interesting to see how Sherbourne get on on Saturday afternoon. Yeah,
1: they had a good win, didn't they, in the mm, um, yeah. Navas as well. So yeah, plenty of confidence in in that side. yeah. Certainly- well. Certainly a good team to, to pick out there. I'm going for Carn against Ashton and Backwell. Nothing to do with my, my shameless Wiltshire bias. <laughs> um, but um, uh, I think these are two... Obviously, we know these two sides have started the, um, uh, the Western League campaign um, very well. Ashton and Backwell have... You know, they've had some... Um, good results, and um, we heard earlier in the podcast from uh, Nathan Truckle that um, he, you know he was uh, he was impressed by them, and of course we know Khan um, going very well as well. So I think that would be a very competitive match um, in the first division. Excellent. Now, as we always do, Tom, we have been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Where can the readers find that?
2: That is on the uh, Torso Western League website. Uh, there's a table on the top which takes you to the. The most recent uh, bulletin and it's also about halfway down the home page as well uh, and you can yeah download that as a word document or as a pdf so uh, yeah that's wearing along every weekend
1: excellent stuff and of course now we've we've got um a few games under our belt i think next week we'll start to look at how the the league tables are shaping mm. up and dare i say the goal scorers as well
2: yeah i think we like waiting for for september uh to, to see how those sort of things are going so yeah should be should be back in the bulletin next week, and we yeah look forward to, to reviewing those next week.
1: All the stats, all the time, lovely stuff. Oh yes, <laughs> Tom, thank you very very much indeed. Uh, You're for are welcome. Your time, uh, great to um, to have you back on the podcast. We've had our we've had our little. I was going to say a, a winter break, but we don't really <laughs> we don't really have one of those. Um, but anyway, it's great to have you back. And uh, well, listeners, we'll be back on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.